0: Hello, wonderful humans, and welcome to episode 30 of the Embers Collective podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we have myself, Lonan Jenkins, telling the story of Sleeping Beauty with music by Tim Karp. We do have to come with a trigger warning for this one, as this story contains a depiction of a sexual assault. They say... The day she was born was one of the most joyful days the kingdom had ever seen. The king and queen had tried for so long to have a baby and now they had their beautiful little girl. And they named her Talia. Growing up, Talia had all the love and support and care that a young princess would ever need. And her parents were very protective. They wanted to make sure that nothing would ever happen, no harm would ever fall on their little girl. So they had anything that might cause her harm or injury locked away. All the knives, all the scissors, even the sewing machine was put away. She was allowed no pets and no animals, and they never let her leave the walls of their great castle. So Talia spent her days... Wandering around the castle, looking into all of the rooms, hiding under beds, walking around in their huge gardens. One day, she found a door, a door which she had never seen before. She didn't even know where it led to what this part of the castle was she tried it and the handle turned and the door creaked gently open her heart was racing she wasn't sure if she was doing anything wrong but something told her that she was but she was driven forward step by step by step what would mummy and daddy say step by step by step she made her way up into the great tower and at the top something was hidden under a great big sheet she grabbed the sheet and she pulled it hard flicking dust up into the air and there was something that she had never seen before a great big wooden wheel with a long piece of string She touched the wood. It was cold. And her heart was beating faster in her chest. She ran her finger gently along the string. And oh, she looked at her finger as a line of blood began to appear and ran and dripped onto the floor. And that was the last... Thing. she saw her parents searched everywhere for her looking in all of the rooms running around the gardens calling her name and then they came across the door which stood slightly ajar and their hearts almost stopped in their chest I thought you locked it I thought you locked it they said they ran up the stairs and they saw her lying on the ground and they saw the blood on her finger. They lifted up her body and they brought her down into her room and they lay her out in her bed. And no matter how much they shook her or called her name, she wouldn't wake up. And so they waited. Every day they sat by her bed crying calling her name every doctor and witch and magician came from all over the land to try to help her But she never woke up And as happens Her parents grew old and still they sat by their bed until the end of their days And seasons came and went Wars were fought and lost and won. Monarchs rose and fell. Many, many years later, when the walls of the castle had almost completely crumbled away, one such monarch was out hunting with his falcon in the middle of the woods. He watched as his falcon flew far up ahead of him into a dark patch of the trees, and wouldn't return when he called for it. So he drove his horse on, riding towards the dark patch in the woods. And he found a great crumbling old wall wrapped in ivy. He'd never seen this before. He didn't know that there were any buildings on his land. He made his way around until he came to a great wooden door which sat slightly open walking down inside he saw his falcon up ahead flying down a corridor and he followed it he followed it all the way up a flight of stairs and down another long corridor passing the crumbling grey walls it was dark and damp in there the walls had long been overtaken by the plants and the ivy the trees had kicked and punched their way through And he came to a door which was shut. He turned the handle and with his shoulder shoved the door open. And to his surprise, he was in a room that looked like it had just been decorated the day before. Pink walls, plush carpets and deep purple curtains. And the walls were not crumbling and dusty like they were out in the rest of the castle. And on the bed lay a sleeping beauty. He looked at her soft skin, her beautiful hair, and he fell in love with her. He made his way over to the bed and he called gently into her ear, Wake up! Wake up! He shook her shoulders, but there was no response. So he kissed her, first on the cheek and then on the lips, but she didn't wake up. So then he made love to her. Or at least that's what he told himself he was doing. And that's what he told himself he was doing again and again when he returned ...time and time again to make love to her. Where are you going, my husband, his wife, would ask. Hunting, he would tell her. But he never seemed to come home with anything. The Queen began to grow suspicious... ...and she was asking her husband all sorts of questions... ...so he decided that he would bring his love affair to an end. But he would go see his sleeping beauty one last time. So he made his way out to that dark patch in the forest where the building stood, not knowing that this time he was being followed. The Queen watched her husband walk into those crumbling walls and she followed him down the corridor and she followed him silently up the steps. She watched as he went into the room and she heard him with her. And she stood in the darkness as she watched him leave. She made her way into the room and saw the young girl lying on the bed A rage burned in her chest, and she thought about all the things that she would do and say to her. She ran over and shook her shoulders. She screamed and shouted in her ears. She slapped her around the face, harder than she probably needed to. The young girl didn't wake up, and the queen's stomach turned she realised what her husband had done. And that knot in her stomach grew even tighter when she saw that the young girl was pregnant. The Queen raced back to the castle and she sent a nurse out into that patch in the woods to that crumbling, decaying old building and she told the nurse to tell no one. But that nurse was to look after her, take care of her. And when the babies were born, she was to look after them too. And if the young girl ever woke up, she was to send for the Queen immediately. And that's what the nurse did, taking care of the young girl. And when the babies were born, the young girl still did not wake up. She gave birth to twins. And the nurse would place them on her breast so that they could feed. Still she never woke up. And one day one of the babies lifted her hand and took the finger that had been cut by the thread all those years ago and began to suck on it. And something stirred and moved, and the young girl's eyes began to flutter as she opened, and she took a deep breath in. She looked around the room, which was so familiar, and then she looked down and saw two babies. Babies? 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 And she screamed. The nurse came running in when she heard that scream and she saw the young girl was awake. And She calmed her down and held her head and sent for the Queen. The Queen sat With the young girl. She told her everything that had happened. What her husband had been doing all this time. And the young girl cried. And she sobbed. And she screamed. And she curled up in a fetal position. And she beat the floor with her fists. And the Queen stayed with her through it all. And when the young girl had cried until she could cry no more, the Queen said, My love, I have a plan. The King sat in his study late at night, candle burning next to him as he wrote very important letters to send out all around the kingdom giving his orders. He heard a strange sound outside, like the clattering of wood. And he made his way downstairs to find that all the lights in the castle had been turned out. And in the middle of the courtyard was a huge pile of wood. And around that huge pile of wood stood the women of the kingdom with flaming torches in their hands. And in the middle of them all stood his wife, her face lit by the torchlight. My queen, he said, what is the meaning of all of this? Ah, my lord, tell me, what would you do? So wise and just, if someone crept into our house in the middle of the night while we slept and took something that wasn't theirs, well, in that case they would be a thief, and and I would cut off their hands. Very well, my lord. So wise and just. And what would you do if that person did so repeatedly, again and again, broke into our house and took something that wasn't theirs? Well, 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 in that case, they, they didn't learn the lesson the first time. I, I would sentence them to death. Very well, my lord. So wise and just You see, I was out riding the other day And I found a young girl Living on our land, stealing from us Shall we sentence her to death? Yes, absolutely If she was living on our land and stealing from us without our permission Absolutely Very well, my lord And what about her two children? And the queen watched as the king's face turned pale his legs seemed to turn to jelly and as she stepped aside behind her stood talia a baby in each of her arms she stared at the king my lord you repeatedly broke into my house and you repeatedly took something that wasn't Yours and now by your own ruling said Talia you must die the king began to blubber and shout begging and pleading but his legs had gone from under him as the women half carried half dragged him up to the top of the pyre and they tied him to a great big post they lowered their flaming torches And as the flames rose up, licking and snaking around his feet, around his legs, around his chest and arms, as the smell of burning hair and skin filled the air, and as his screams echoed out into the dark, dark forest, Talia and the Queen held hands a baby in each of their arms, and they knew that they would live happily ever after.
1: everybody that was lonan jenkins telling the story of sleeping beauty um and that was music by me tim and you're in the room with me tim rixie hello hi rixie and lonan hi um and we're going to talk a little bit about what that story means for us uh lonan would you like to start
0: yeah absolutely i mean uh there's, there's i feel like there's so much to talk about with this story and and it Um, it's kind of the last story I think that I, that I worked on and put together, the last new story I've done, um, for a little while and it, it, it took a lot of work. Um, and I felt a quite a big responsibility with it actually. Um, I can't remember what night, I think we did it for our fucked up fairy tales night first and, um, it's got a lot of weight to it for a number of different reasons for, in my opinion um there's you know because there's so there's so many different versions of it um that there's sort of the there's these really old um versions of it there's an italian version i think the Grimm's brothers recorded a version as well um, i think it's charles Perrault, um who wrote the bloody chamber sort of has a version as well and in the very old one of the very old versions of the sort of traditional version The the I think one of the first versions um, there's this whole there's this whole thing where he 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 actually he does have sex with her while she's asleep he rapes her while she's asleep and she gets pregnant and in that version when she wakes up um, it's seen as a really positive thing that she has been impregnated by a king um, even though she was raped and the story ends with this line that's something like those who have fortune in life are fortunate even when they're asleep so there's this idea that she was so lucky that she was even lucky enough for a king to want to have sex with her while she was asleep mm. um and and so she has these two children and and there's there's a really there's, there's a there's a version i think that maybe the same version where they then go back to the queen and the queen obviously gets really angry and they i think the queen pretends to bake the children in a pie and feed them to the king and his new woman Mm. love um and she pretends like she does but the king then gets so angry i think he kills the queen and then they find out that the kids actually weren't dead. That the baker didn't want to kill them, so the baker hid them away and baked a pie with just meat in it. And then the kids are back and reunited with their mom and their dad, and it's this happy ending. So the the
1: evil character was seen as the queen, yeah, because she wanted to stand away, stand in the way between the king and his new love, yeah, who who seemingly loves
0: him as soon as she wakes up. As soon as she wakes up, yeah, exactly because he's a king. Because he's a king.
1: Contextually,
2: though. When was this? Like back in the it, day. It's a long, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a long like, time ago. People's it was, the exact lives year, was but... so shit and miserable that the best thing that could happen to you would be to be raped by a king while you, <laughs> while you slept. Like that's literally what you're holding out for. Imagine how grim your existence must have been, where that was that was considered
0: great. Absolutely, and and, and it does come from a time and a place where things were different, but. It, for me, it has a very, very, very um, strong resonance with the the sort of modern day um, stuff where men in positions of power feel that they are entitled to do whatever the fuck they want um, and that nobody can stop them. You know, Harvey Weinstein, all these cases of these really powerful men in positions of power and abusing it. Prince and Andrew. Prince Andrew. And, and women, it being exposed expected that women just accept it and and don't question it because he's a powerful man and that that you know although that story was written a long time ago the same the same shit's happening now you know i don't i don't see any real difference it's like oh but you should be lucky enough to get a position you know get a job with harvey weinstein for example which Mm. which definitely was something that happened so um for me, it has such a strong resonance. So then you have the Disney version, which is obviously a lot more sanitized and a lot more romantic and beautiful. And he wakes her up with a kiss, and you know. But even then, does she consent to that kiss? Um, but you know, he does wake her up, and they they fall in love, and it's just that. And but it's you know, Disney Disney often took these sort of dark stories and, and rewrote them to be more palatable for for modern audiences. But there's something I feel there's something quite. Um, in a di- completely different way, but something a bit sinister about the Disney versions and a common theme in those old Disney films is that women are just uh, these these sort of weak um, things that should just wait around for a man to come and rescue them and pull them out of their shit existence and, and you know give them the lives that they wanted. And it's that idea of waiting for your Prince Charming to come and rescue you and save you instead of just fucking doing it yourself. And obviously modern day Disney films have have taken a lot of that on board and changed, you know, um, like Moana's a great one or, um, you know, Frozen. but then but then you, yeah, and Frozen, but then you look at, you know, Disney, it took Disney a really long time to do that. And, um, you know, you look at, I, I watched Princess Mononoke, the Studio Ghibli film the other day and it and was made in 1998. And that has this like, powerful nature woman yeah. kicking ass and saving the planet and fighting against these people who are trying to take resources she never wants a man to help her um, and, and what I
2: like about those, it's, it's not even like oh look at us we're doing really good it just is Yeah, it just is the story um, and that's that's what I think Hollywood can get quite annoying with it with the Hollywood films where it's like they're doing these things but actually Hollywood is in itself quite an insidiously evil institution. Yeah. I know that like you can't really look at it as one thing, but what goes on there, the way things are done, and it's kind of like Is there a shallowness to it? Do they actually mean it or are they like, Oh we better do this? Mm. But then is that not a good thing? I don't know. It's really it's, it's the same with that um Gillette advert. Do you remember that Gillette mm. advert where it was like, Men, be nice to each other? Actually they completely pulled that.
0: Did they? Yeah. Why because they got so many complaints from it? Sales went down. Oh my just god! So they didn't so know. They didn't know. Oh, so did this is why the words "broken." Why Donald Trump is president. Boris Johnson's prime minister. Sorry, if no, I'm not actually sorry. That's I'm not going to apologize for that. Um,
2: it's interesting, though, isn't it? Is there like, a, is it better to is it better to just do it shallow in a shallow way, or is it is
1: it? I kind of I kind of feel like it, It's better that it's that that rhetoric is out there at least that that way of thinking is is po- at least it's popular mm. at least disney and hollywood are looking at it and going okay women are also important um so we better make at least that's the attitude mm. yeah rather than yeah it's it's still terrible if it's if it's fake
0: i and think it's also- just
1: a lie but but if kids are watching it and then and then kids are feeling more like the the positive yeah aspects of those things and i think that is a positive thing
0: yeah and i and i think that's how things will change. Like the kids watching those films don't know that it's insincere or fake or or that Hollywood is this horrible entity. The kids watching those films just see those messages, yeah. and that's where the change is going to happen. Um, and you know, I wonder how much of that sort of idea of of a prince coming and rescuing you as a princess has has just fed into this narrative of of women being quite passive. I'm not I'm not blaming Disney for all of you know the patriarchal structures that are around us, but it definitely was part of it, or it definitely was. You know, was had an effect because yeah. films stories. and media and and it's, films and media have such a responsibility for the narratives yeah. that are put out there. It's the stories. Yeah,
2: stories are fundamental to our understanding of the world. Yeah, you know, and I mean, like we all grew up with stories of the men being heroes and men being warriors and men being soldiers, as there has been for immort- like in the Western world especially. Mm. Um, and you know, you know, so it goes both ways, and and you just get these sublim- sublimable, subliminal, subliminal, sub, like these. You just get these messages through osmosis. Yeah. Of, oh, I'm a man, and therefore I have to bottle down my feelings, yeah. and I have to save everyone, and I have to do this and that, and um, I'm a I'm a woman, therefore I am a princess, and I'm going to hopefully have a fairy tale ending where I will get a king will maybe fall in love with me and my life will become better forever. While I'm asleep. While I'm asleep. And, uh, yeah, and you just, these little things slowly by osmosis just really seep into your, your psyche because they're the stories that we tell ourselves, the stories that we tell each other. Yeah, um, It's a really interesting one, that, that sleeping beauty thing, and it's the idea of, uh, yes, you will be visited by a, a prince and he'll save you. And mm. Maybe she didn't fucking want to be kissed by a prince. Yeah. You know? Maybe she didn't want any of that stuff.
0: Maybe she's a lesbian. Maybe she's a lesbian. Um, I think so, yeah. So when, so, when I was working on it, I had all these different versions and I had the Disney version, and I obviously wanted to make it, the you know, seeing that there are all these old original versions there. Um, but it felt like such a responsibility. I don't think I've ever felt more responsibility with a story before because I knew. That I was, and, and I decided to completely rewrite it, essentially, and rewrite the ending. And I wanted the ending to be the the women taking control and 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 getting their justice. And actually, it was the king's own justice. It was his, it was yeah. on his, what he believed to be the most just thing. And and they they held him up to that. And um, so yeah, it was. And and you know, I still, I, just, I still don't know if it's perfect, but I I really enjoy telling it. And I really enjoyed working on it. It was a, I yeah
2: pleasant. I think you do it in a really, because uh, it's such a uh, big issue, big yeah. topic, and um, and I think you do it in a in a really responsible way.
1: Mm. It's great yeah. when you do it live, and and the reaction I always see is people coming and going. I never thought of it like that, mm. but yeah, yeah, mm. but yeah, totally. That is fucked
0: up that he does that. And the bit where he sleeps with her, when I've told it, you know, different audiences have such different reactions. And sometimes there's laughter, but it's a very nervous laughter yeah, and, because mm-hmm. people don't really know how to react. Yeah. And I guess I, I purposely presented it in a way that makes people go, "Oh, he he what? He makes love make love to her? Is that?" And and yeah, the laughter thing when I first told it was a bit of a shock. I was like. Do you know yeah people people laugh for all sorts of reasons Yeah, I know and and it's, it's like a nervousness or a, oh, or a, you know and not knowing how to respond um, yeah it is such a is such a big issue to take
2: on though and is like and i think doing doing it through stories is a really good way mm. of doing it because they, like you said, they, there's ways of telling that story which could have just been like oh and then everything was fine da, 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 da. Mm. but actually it's um it's not and i think you don't deal with it in a righteous way mm. um where the guy did something very wrong mm. and isn't forgiven for it.
1: Mm. Well, should we leave
2: it
0: there? Yeah. All right. I think on that note we'll uh, we'll wrap it up.
1: All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Um as always, please check out our Facebook, Instagram, um Twitter
0: yeah sometimes use Twitter I don't think anyone does see what, see what
1: we did on there 10 years ago um, <laughs> stay in touch with our events thanks for listening see you next time Bye-bye.
0: bye bye bye